talking about um, being filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the Bible um, actually marks out, before we get into the passage, the Bible, the whole Bible marks out the people of God as a people who encounter God. That might sound strange, but that's the case. Yeah? That's what they're marked out for. That's, that's the whole point, is that they actually are a people who encounter the living God. And they are people who are filled with his spirit. And just a quick kind of through the Bible point, um, Joshua, it says, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid hands on him. And then the people listened to him. So they need, he needed to be filled. He laid hands on him and then he was filled with this spirit of wisdom and the Holy Spirit. And actually the people then listened to what he was saying. Um, in Numbers, God took the Holy Spirit that was on Moses and it was placed on 70 elders and they all started prophesying. Samuel lays hands on Saul and we see him filled with the spirit and prophesying. Isaiah prophesies that when the chosen one will come, I've put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the nations. God, through Ezekiel, uh, says, this is a sign that I will no longer hide my face from you. You will return to your land, number one, and number two, I'll pour out my spirit on you. That's how you'll know that I'm no longer turning my face away from you because my spirit is on you. Jesus starts his ministry by quoting from Isaiah 61, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. And Jesus promises to send the Holy Spirit, the comforter to his disciples once he's gone. The Bible is, we can't get away from the fact that the Bible is clearly saying, if you are one of God's people, then you are a people who are filled with the Holy Spirit. It is the natural state for God's people. We've looked earlier on at the way that Paul in, in Ephesians talks about the sort of hallmarks of the kind of old ways and our kind of new ways. The, the old ways was kind of, we were callous, we were impure, we were sensual. And the new way, the new man in Christ that actually is full of thanksgiving, trying to learn what is pleasing to God, making the most of our time and not wasting it. These are hallmarks of actually our new nature in Christ, of our new nature that is filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the scripture. Uh, I'm going to just uh, back up into verse 15. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And don't get drunk with wine, for this is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. 
we're going to look uh, first of all at these two kind of fillings that uh, Paul is talking about. There's a kind of a filling that happens when you're drunk, and it's a kind of and there's a filling that happens when you're filled with the Spirit. It sounds somewhat strange. Uh, in in fact, the way that Paul kind of just gives these two commands, which we'll look further in just a second. Uh, don't get drunk with wine, command one, but be filled with the Spirit. Why does he put those two together? Well, it's, it, interestingly, the effects of these two things are very, very different. Firstly, Paul isn't saying don't ever drink alcohol. Clearly, Jesus drank wine. His miracle, his first miracle was turning water into wine. Paul suggested to Timothy that he takes a little wine for his stomach. But he's saying don't get drunk. That leads to all sorts of things that can ruin your life. It's interesting that alcohol has a kind of depressive effect on us. It actually lowers our abilities. So we don't react so quickly, do we, when we're driving. That's why we shouldn't drink and drive. Because we actually can't react quickly enough. Our mental cognitive functions are suppressed. We are, in many ways, less inhibited. But we're also less careful what we say to other people. We just got to say it. We lack inhibition. We become less sensitive to other people. We cross the lines that normally, in our right mind, we know are really stupid lines to cross, and our judgment is impaired. Those are just some of the things that happen. But being filled with the Spirit, in comparison, heightens our abilities. Mentally, we can gain a huge appetite for reading God's word. Many have actually uh, taught themselves to read following their conversion and being filled with the Spirit. We gain more insight. We become actually more aware to other people. We become more aware of what is appropriate to say at this juncture. Should I say this or should I not? It's true, but is this the right time to say this? And actually we gain that because we're filled with the Spirit. And we talk to God while we're, maybe I won't say that right now. Maybe that's not the right time to say this. And God gives us help with that. He gives us help with that. In our, in our marriages, that's a really important thing of actually knowing when is the right time to say this. Um, it promises and it promotes good relationships. And it actually gives us better judgment. Being filled with the Spirit helps you to have better judgment about something. Yeah? Let's remember here that Paul's concern, and the whole big picture of this, is Paul's been bringing us along a path, and he's really been saying, my concern is that actually the community of God has good relationships one with another. It connects well with one another, that we can walk righteously before God. But as as we'll see, he goes on to say, I actually, I, I want you guys to have a good attitude towards one another. And also, I want, I want husbands and wives, I want you to work well together. Children and parents, I want you to work well together. Slaves and masters, I want you to work well together. So he's actually saying, and it's, but it's coming out of this point that actually as you are filled and filled again with his Holy Spirit, it enables us 
to do a good job at those things, to get better at those things. And that's his aim, is actually that the community would function well together. Yeah, I want you to see that. If we miss that point, that's, that's actually where he's going and has been going in this, in this letter so far. Secondly, I want to draw our attention to some important grammar. Don't often do this, but in this case, I think it's an important point. And there's two bits of grammar that are key here. So first of all, Paul uses an imperative. This is a, like a command word, okay? Um, telling us these two things. Don't, so it's, it's a real command. Don't get drunk. Be filled with the Spirit. Both are command words. They're not, maybe you might like to think about this, you know, as you're kind of passing by. It's, no, no, it's, it's, it's a command. He's, he's really saying, don't do this, but do this. And it's a real, we need to feel the weight of that, okay? Um, Anna and I have recently, as you know, been away on holiday um, to South Africa. Uh, and there was one moment where we nearly got attacked by a lion. That, that is the very lion, okay, just to tell you. I wasn't taking it at that moment. I managed to get it later on, okay. But this is the story, okay. <laughs> I really missed, as you'll hear in a moment, I missed the golden opportunity, but you'll see why. Uh, so I had my window down, okay, uh, as one does, and, and, and we, all, we pretty much all had our windows down, so we're, kind of, we're, we're going through Kruger, and we're kind of, we've, been wait, we've been looking for lions for about a, about a week, to be really honest with you. So it's a, it was a long time, so we were really like, we'd heard, we were up early, we were kind of out at five, uh, and, we, and we'd managed to get to this place, we were one of the first ones there, and we were kind of there, and the window was down, I was looking out the window, I kind of had all my kind of camera gear that I was kind of ready to kind of take some pictures, and, and first of all, it was fine. Then, <clears throat> this, and there was like four brother, four, we know there were brothers, okay, four male lions. If they weren't brothers, they would, have, they would have fought each other to the death, okay, so we know that actually, there was a sort of an agreement together, so they were kind of together. But there was also, you guessed it, four female lions. And certainly one of them was in heat. Okay? And um, so it was a bit of a different time here where actually it was one of the brothers was like, don't you dare. Don't you, you stay over there, Jimmy. You know, and, 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 and John, you know, you're over there. You stay back. This is, this is my time right now. So that was what was going on. And so... <laughs> Jimmy, okay, was, was kind of right next. He, he landed himself right next to my window. I mean, literally, probably there, okay? So, so, so here's the window, right? And he's kind of like just there. I, I literally could just, if I did that, I could touch him, okay? <clears throat> and the window's right, right down full. So I, I reach out. No, I don't reach out. <laughs> I'm not that stupid. Okay, so... Anyway, that was fine. Okay, we're used to that. But what I then saw was that this, the, what, what should we call him? Harry. Okay, Harry, H- Harry, the dominant one, comes, comes by, okay, and he kind of comes behind and then he comes around and he comes up here and he's basically, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see him coming around and, he, and he's there and then suddenly he just lets out this almighty growl. 
that just kind of echoes right, and it's literally one meter away from my window. I mean, this is like, and it's kind of like, not at me, but at this, you know, at Jimmy. Um, and um, <clears throat> it was at that moment that you sort of realize this is so close that actually Jimmy's only got to move back a little bit and go like that, and he'd be right in my face. And at this point, and gives me a command, okay. <laughs> That's an imperative verb. Uh, that I <laughs> Close the window. I, I knew it wasn't a sort of, you might maybe want to think about this at some point. It was a, a direct command. Close, in a sort of hushed whisper. But you know, that sort of, close the window. <laughs> uh, so, and I, I, I thought about it for two <laughs> For two seconds, because I was kind of like, uh, yeah, but then I'm going to miss the shot, aren't I? You know, and, and I thought, no, she's true. It, it is true. This, this could actually be a really bad moment. Uh, and at that moment, I put my finger on the thing. The window came up, um, and I missed my shot, but I, I'm here to tell the tale. <laughs> Which at that little few, mo- few seconds of kind of thought, I thought, that is, that is going to be better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so we understand the word command. Um, often, I think, in our language, in English, it's um, often harder to uh, recognize the command word. So uh, if I was to say, uh, go, <clears throat> it's also the same word for I go, you go, he goes, we go, they go, you know, and... It, how do I differentiate it? If, if I use some of the Latin languages like French or Spanish, you know, I've got kind of, you know, Ale or, you know, Venezisi, come, come here. <clears throat> you know, it's, a very, it's very, very clear that it's a command. It's, a, it's the command part of that language. I don't know if the same is true in Portugal. I'm sure it is. Uh, so you, you, it's, it's nice and clear that it actually means, oh, right, this is a command. So that's the first point, that he's giving a command. The second point is that, be filled with the Spirit. Besides being this command imperative word, it's also an ongoing instruction. So if I was to say, if I was to say to Chris, um, go, can you go and get me a, a cup of tea? Um, I'm not expecting Chris to kind of see it as an ongoing kind of thing where there's like, I look around again and there's like, you know, 50 cups of tea because he just keeps doing it until I tell him not to. You know, there's an understanding that it's a one-time event. Go and get a cup of tea is kind of going get a cup of tea. There it is. I've got it. Go and get a cup of tea. Whereas if I was to say uh, to Luke, <laughs> get fit, okay? He's not, he's not going to turn around to me. <laughs> he's not going to turn around to me and say, yeah, well, I, I did a cycle ride last Monday. Uh, that was it. I, I mean, you just, it was a one-time thing. No, no, I was kind of expecting to be a sort of ongoing thing that actually you kept doing it kind of, you know, day in. You know, that, there's an expectation of that. So you understand the ongoing point. And it's important here because this present continuous um, is actually what Paul's saying here. It's not a one-time thing, be filled, but it's an ongoing thing. So it's be filled, 
be filled some more and be filled and be filled next week and next month and next year and, the year and keep going. It needs to be something that is regular part of your daily life. Keep, keep getting filled up with the Holy Spirit is what he's saying. You need to make sure that you keep topped up with the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. Now we can see two things about this, which is interesting things. Firstly, that, so is Paul here saying, be baptized in the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that is no. Because when I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, so that's a one-time thing. I'm, I'm, have you ever been baptized? Yes, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay. So he's not actually talking about the being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He, he is saying, and obviously you, you have to have been baptized in the Holy Spirit to keep going on being filled with the Spirit, but he's saying, for all you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, keep going on being filled with the Holy Spirit. So he's not actually talking here about the issue of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus, as I said earlier, promises that he was going to send his Holy Spirit Acts 2.5 says, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. There was a clear teaching about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at this. We're going to give opportunity for this at the end to actually say anybody who, and there will be lots of people here actually, who have not actually been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's a simple thing. And you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So this doesn't really make a lot of sense unless you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to continue my point at the moment. The second thing it teaches us about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit leaks. Otherwise, why would I need to keep ongoingly be filled up? If I can say, well, I was, I've filled up there. Well, obviously, there's a point where you sort of, you're not as filled up. We can't rely on the fact that I was filled up with the Holy Spirit last month. It needs to be something that I consistently make sure that I'm asking God to keep refilling me. In my attic, I have a thing called a header tank. Okay. This header tank actually helps my central heating system not get filled with air. So that if actually I bleed a radiator and there's some water comes out of that, so the air comes out, then actually the header tank will fill up again. See, noted picture. Okay, it will fill up again, a bit like a toilet system. It will fill up again, so that actually there is water constantly in the system. That's how it works, okay? And I think it's a bit like this with the Holy Spirit. So... We get emptied and then we need to get filled up again and filled up again and filled up again. And we, need, we, we have got God to actually go to and say, just keep filling me, keep, keep filling me, keep, keep filling me up, keep filling me up, keep filling me up. And we just need to keep going and keep being filled up again with this Holy Spirit. I love this quote from Gordon Fee, really worth reading um, if you can get hold of any of his stuff. 
if today's church is going to recapture the effectiveness of the early church, we need to recapture Paul's perspective. The spirit as the experienced, empowering return of God's presence in and among us, who enables us to live radical lives of witness, service and purity. Just go back to it again, sorry. Can we see this quote again? Yeah, just hold it. So we need to make sure that we, as a church, that we are giving ourselves to this God's presence amongst us in order for us to live radical lives. Paul's been talking about us living radical lives, new, new lives, new nature lives. So what are the things that follow as a consequence of being filled with the Spirit? Well, first he deals in this passage with worship. And he says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. This is one of the clearest statements in the New Testament about worship. Also found in Colossians 3, almost exactly the same. And what we, what we first of all hear about it is that it's, it's corporate. It's not just individual. It's actually where it's about the community of God encouraging one another sharing with one another, speaking to one another, singing to one another. So there's a, it's a community. He's talking into the community here. Secondly, it's not left up to the kind of the spiritual ones or the, you know, or the leaders. Okay? It's not like, okay, well, that, this is obviously something that's just for the leadership of the church. No. It's not. Paul isn't addressing it to the elders. He's actually saying one another. That means the whole church. Each of you needs to be encouraging one another with a script. Oh, I've got this scripture. Can, can, I, can, I, can I share this with you? This, I want to encourage you with this scripture. I want, I want to, I've got something that actually I believe is, is a song that I think is for the whole congregation. That's going to encourage us to, to worship God and to focus on God and to get passionate about God again. And Paul is encouraging us and saying, actually, this life, make sure you see that one of the outworkings of this is actually the worship within the community of God that actually this is a normal thing. It's a normal thing. Where the normal thing is that actually we have, when we worship God, it's not a rock band at the front. We're not coming to a concert, okay? When I go and see James Taylor, is it, we're gonna, I'm going to be going to a concert. I'm not going to be suddenly thinking, hey, I've, I've, I've got a little song here. Anybody <laughs> want to hear it? <laughs> no, they're going to be like, no, no, listen to the guy at the front. That's not the same as church, okay? As a church... The worship band is here to help us, to actually help to lead us into worship in order that the 
body can come to a point where actually it is also encouraging one another. Yeah? That's why we give way. And we're actually, you know, we, we give way. We actually say, oh, that'd be great to actually, yeah, let's have that. Let's bring that in. Notice the use of singing. Something that they, comes from the heart. Something expresses something deep within. You know, we had a, um, you'll hear more about this, but I'm going to be first in. Uh, we, had a, we had a wonderful letter this week uh, that came into the office, uh, which was uh, from a uh, German guy who visited us last year, last summer. Um, and he was kind of on a kind of men's retreat. He was kind of leading a men's retreat. and just happened to be staying at a kind of B&B up the road, I think. Um, and they just decided, oh, let's go to a local church. And they came along here. And um, they weren't really used to the baptism in the Holy Spirit and singing in tongues. Uh, and that particular Sunday... Uh, there was obviously somebody singing in tongues and then interpreting that. Um, but amazingly, they weren't, even though they came from a denomination that really didn't even have that really as part of their practice, they weren't offended by it. And later on, he is listening to, he decides to listen to our, our series, our podcast um, on the Holy Spirit. And he asked God, in listening to it, he then got down on his knees and asked God at home to fill him with the Holy Spirit. And he started speaking in tongues himself, which is just amazing. Let's hear it. I'm just going to read a little bit. I started, this is him. I started to listen to the podcast sermons on your homepage. In my 30 years as a devoted Christian, and likewise in nine years at university studying and teaching Protestant theology, I had never heard about the Holy Spirit in this way. One night after listening to a Holy Spirit sermon, I knelt down and started praying for that spirit and God filled me with him. Being a vicar for 15 years, it was a very odd experience to be filled with the Holy Spirit and start praying in tongues for the first time in my life. It has become a wonderful source of joy and spiritual power to my ministry and my life. My prayer life has changed totally and God gives me authority now in my preaching isn't that amazing? <clears throat> he then starts to share the podcast with his friends. They too are filled with the Holy Spirit. And he has a close friend who receives the Spirit and the gifts, who is director of a large Christian movement in Germany. That's very exciting, isn't it? I mean, he's sharing it around. All these people are getting filled with the Spirit. I mean, it's having a powerful effect. We're just, we're just doing worship on a Sunday morning. I think Luke was preaching. You know, actually, God changes lives. He's suddenly seeing, gosh, this is, this is biblical. I need to get right with this. I need to get, get in with this. I want to say, it affects everything. Yeah, being filled with the Spirit affects everything. <clears throat> 